The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Joining us now to talk about college baseball's NCAA tournament on the road to Omaha, Ben Upton. You can find him as the host of the 11.7 podcast, and you can follow him on Twitter at Ben underscore Upton5. All right, Ben, so the regionals have been announced. The schedules are there. We'll get things going at the end of the week. As far as the bracket itself, which team had the most benefit as far as, say, the easiest regional or the easiest path to Omaha? And which team uh, was the most unlucky? Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to say thank you guys for having me on here. Um, really excited to be doing this show. And uh, you, you started it off with a, with a really tough question. Um, when you look at maybe the team that has the easiest draw to get to Omaha, you got to look at the Florida Gators as number one. Um, in my opinion, they get they get a two seed in UConn who hasn't been great down the stretch, a three seed in Texas Tech that hasn't won very many games away from Lubbock, and then Florida A and M is the four seed who they've had a good year, but you know talent wise, you know they they don't match up well at all against Florida, so. You know, I expect Florida to get out of the regional pretty easily. And then they're matched up with the um, the Columbia-South Carolina regional. And we all know South Carolina has struggled big time down the stretch. Um, they get a two-seed in Campbell, which, I mean, I love the Camels. I really do. I've been rooting for them hard for the last three or four years. Um, but at the end of the day, like, they are a, uh, a mid-major team that maybe doesn't have the depth that the Gators have. Um, and then NC State, who – you know, lost a lot of games in the ACC this year. They had a good RPI, so they got in the tournament. And then Central Connecticut State is the four seed there who, um, you know, it's a team that was good in their conference, but when they played against an LSU earlier this year, they got they got beat up pretty big. So um, I think the Florida Gators probably have the easiest path to Omaha. Uh, ben, tear this out for us, uh, for people jumping in and trying to figure out what sort of gap we have, even though, 
it is baseball. We know that anything can happen. Everybody, every uh, ranking is going to have Wake as number one, and they are at the top of the odds board at four to one to win it all. Uh, you mentioned Florida. They're the second favorite there. But how many teams would you put on Wake's level? Or is there a top tier and then a second group of teams that you would take a look at? How, how does that shape out going into this? Right. No, that's a, that's a good question. And honestly, I think it's, you know, the top six teams, in my opinion, I think are on a different tier than um, than the rest. And obviously there's different tiers along the way. You know, you, I got like seven through 20 are pretty interchangeable and then, you know, so forth and so forth. But that top six with Wake Forest, Arkansas, Florida, LSU, Clemson, Vanderbilt, any of those six teams, like it would not shock me at all if they just ran through the tournament and, and won the whole thing. Um, you know, they have not only the best recruits, but they get the best from the transfer portal, plus player development there at those schools is through the roof. I mean, this is, you know, a minor, like probably better player development player development than some of the minor league teams and minor league systems. Um, they just have all of the tools and gadgets and technology um, so I would put those six, the Wake Forest, Arkansas, Florida, LSU, Clemson, Vanderbilt, as six of the, the top teams in the country by far. What kind of metrics do you look at when, you know, picking a team that you may want to bet on or even looking for longer shots, whether it's, you know, experience, um, pitching depth, you know, you can strike out a bunch of guys, solid defense. Are there things that you're looking for that you factor in specifically when you're looking, you know, to place these bets? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm one of the guys in college baseball and that, you know, is openly talking about betting all year and long shots. You know, there's nothing better or more entertaining for me than just taking a long shot and rooting for him in the tournament. And this year, I think we do have a lot that could get to Omaha, and then you could, you know, find a way to hedge your way out of it. But um, when I look at a team, there's really three, like a long shot team to go deep into the postseason, you know, going off of like historic numbers and historic teams that have made it, you know, to Super Regionals or Omaha. You know, they all have, like, three things in common. You know, and we'll take a look at, like, the 2016 Coastal Carolina team that won it all or the 2008 Fresno State team that won it all as a four seed. You know, they have uh, – they all kind of fit the same metrics. of They have preseason hype of being ranked in the top 25 or maybe even top 30. Um, they're an old veteran group. And then at the end of the day, like, they don't have – a specific category that they are dominant in. You know, they don't hit, they're not leading the nation in home runs. They're not leading the nation in RBI, but they have a lot of metrics like stolen bases, doubles, home runs, um, things like that, hit by pitches, walks. They can beat you in so many different ways so that they don't have to rely upon the long balls or the strikeout on the mound. Um, so, like this year, when I'm looking at some long shots, you know, I like teams like Texas A&M that's, you know, pretty gritty. Um, they play in the SEC, so they've been battle-tested. Another team is like, you know, Indiana and Iowa out of the Big Ten. They can beat you in a lot of different ways. And then probably my favorite um, long shot that was last week before the Big 12 tournament, 150-1 to 1 was TCU, who ended up winning the Big 12 tournament. I think they're now down in the 75-1 to 1 range. But – when you look at TCU, the like beginning of the season, they were incredible. They got really cold during the middle part of the season, but now they're heating back up. 
similar to an Ole Miss team last year. So I think TCU is a big team to keep an eye on. It's interesting, too, uh, you're talking about SEC teams uh, sort of in that middle tier within the conference. Uh, kind of what happened with Ole Miss uh, last year, right? Where here's a ball club right. that uh, they certainly weren't talked about like they, like Tennessee was or some of the other staples within the SEC, uh, but they got hot at just the right time. And it sort of leads me to this idea of strength of schedule, where we talk about it a ton mm-hmm. in college football and to an extent in college basketball, we talk about it as well. But with college baseball, because you're playing so many games, especially those midweek contests against virtually anybody, uh, you have a much larger sample size you can go off of. Yet at the same time, I'm wondering how much strength of schedule matters in terms of your metrics and your approaches. Yeah, it definitely does. Because in, like, once you're into the tournament, you know, every team that you play is good at some level. You know, even, even if they were a bad team during the season like Tulane, um, you know, they got hot at the right time and won six ball games when it mattered most. So every team that you're going to play is going to be tough. And with a team that's, you know, in the 200s for strength of schedule, they've probably only seen five to eight games against really competitive teams. Meanwhile, you got teams in the SEC that are, you know, like, for example, Texas A&M has the eighth hardest strength of schedule, but, you know, they're a two seed over in Stanford. Well, They'll be ready for Stanford. They've seen guys just as good, if not better, all year. And, um, you know, it does play a big factor. Uh, Ben, help me out with Clemson. Now, when I look at them, I see them very high in number of rankings, three, four, uh, their strength of schedule, five, RPI, six. You put them on that top tier with those top six teams. And then I look at the odds, and they're – they're sore thumb. They're standing out. They're 25 to one. And all these other teams that rank so highly or the other teams in, in your top tier have much shorter numbers. So uh, why, why are we getting so much value in Clemson? Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Well, the reason why you're getting so much value, <clears throat> excuse me, is um, back in April they were 200 to one. Um, they were before they got hot, and they were at the bottom of the ACC standings. They were 200 to one, and obviously, like nobody that follows college baseball, unless you're a Clemson fan, would ever even touch that number um, at the time because they were bad. But I think they've won something like 25 of their last 28 games, 16 straight, and. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, you look at the leader of that team, and it's Coach Eric Bakich, who has had so much postseason success. He took a Michigan team in 2019 all the way to the College World Series finals and lost a game three to Vanderbilt. Um, you know, he took a bad Michigan team last year 
uh, won the Big Ten tournament and got into the postseason. So he's kind of the key there. Um, but when you're looking at Clemson, they're a team that is just – I mean, I, they're probably one of the, the heaviest um, – uh, the, people have probably bet a lot of money on Clemson the last two weeks just because they're, they're right up there with Wake Forest. Um, they're right up there with Arkansas and Florida as far as talent goes. They're playing with Clemson, and you know, they're battle-tested as well. So if you can still grab Clemson at 25-1, to 1, I think that is great odds because, you know, they, other than Tennessee in the regional, you know, they have a pretty easy path to Omaha in my opinion. I'm here in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, and I'm curious how dangerous you think Maryland has a two-seed. Yeah, well, Wake Forest got a bad draw there because, you know, Wake Forest being the number one overall seed, usually you'll see the worst two-seed or one of the worst two-seeds go there, one of the worst three-seeds and one of the worst four-seeds. But Maryland, they won the Big Ten regular season pretty easily. They never lost a series in Big Ten play, um, and then they go and sweep through the Big Ten tournament. They're a team that was preseason ranked top 25, and they have two, maybe three All-Americans on their team this year. Um, so, like, Maryland is a – it's a tough – like, it's a tough team to beat twice um, in your regional, and, and Wake Forest will have to do that. If there was a bet out there where I said, okay, the Southeastern Conference wins the College World Series or the field, what kind of odds would be enticing one way or the other to you? Um, you know, you, you would have to imagine that it, the SEC versus the field, you know, the odds have got to be pretty low, right? Like maybe in the 250 to 300 range, um, just because they have eight hosts and they have 10 teams, so half the host sites and then, you know, a sixth of the teams in the tournament. Um, but other than the SEC, there are probably, let me see here, probably about eight or nine other teams that I think could easily compete with them and win it. I mean, you look down the list of Wake Forest, obviously, Clemson, um, Virginia, Miami, Campbell, Coastal Carolina, Stanford, Dallas Baptist, Oklahoma State. Like all of those teams, I think, have the talent to um, to win the whole thing. But you've you got to go into the tournament realizing that the SEC is the favorite to win the conference, not only because of what I just said, but also because 15 of the last 16 College World Series finals has had an SEC team in it. And I think that they've won maybe four of the last five, if I'm not mistaken. Ben, how um, I, I'm curious with the pitching and how the various managers line it up. Is, is it like in the playoffs where you see in Major League Baseball where you, your number one pitcher is going to go first or because it's a little bit different, best of three, you know, the double elimination format, um, are there some coaches that save maybe their best pitcher to go second or do they wait till they're up against it? All right, now we've got to go to our top guy. How How do they do that and then – is there anything you could throw out there for the audience that, that would help them as far as digging up information, some good, some good stats yeah. that you can find that you can actually try? Right. Well, that, that was a really good question you asked, and I'm, I'm going to be covering it on today's podcast. And you're right. So when it comes to um, the double elimination format, you will see some teams throw their number two or even their number three in game one because – at the end of the day, 
it's not about winning game one of your regional. It's about winning the whole regional. And you're, it's like for some of these teams that are two seeds, three seeds, or four seeds, you know, their best chance to win the regional and advance to a super regional is by throwing your number two starter game one, hoping your offense can hit their number one starter and, and advance you to that winner's bracket game. And then you have your number one against the other team's number two. Um, and if you win that second winner's bracket game, the other teams have to beat you twice in the regional championship. So there is a lot of teams that will throw their number two or even their number three game one and just hope that they can, their offense can score enough runs and that they can bullpen the, you know, the last four or five innings together. So you'll be seeing a lot of that this year. In fact, I think, I think LSU will be doing it because um, they play two-lane game one, and they might not throw Paul Skeens. They might throw Paul Skeens game two in, uh, in hopes of getting to that regional championship in two games. And then a lot of these teams we've got. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. No, go ahead. College college baseball is a little bit harder to find like the the real stats that you want to look at as far as like Mm -hmm. how a a pitcher matches up against a different team. I mean, everybody knows in MLB, you could just go on like baseballsavant.com and go look through, you know, some, some high analytics and stuff like that. But College baseball is a little bit more difficult. Um, you know, you can find those stats. I've never really relied upon them because the variance is so high. You know, a pitcher might throw one game against Alabama A&M and another game against Alabama, and, like, the talent level is really different there. So, I mean, I would just look at, you know, does a team have two good starters that get high strikeouts and per innings pitch? And then do they have one or two really good bullpen pieces um, because, you know, at the end of the day, the bullpen's going to win a championship. Right, right. Good stuff there. Ben Upton, college baseball veteran, host of the 11.7 podcast. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, today's MLB card and how we're using our list of losers to make our bets for today, right here on the BetQL Network.